If you've listened to this show for more than a minute, there are at least three of you, right? Hi, Mom. You know we love this tech and the possibilities it opens up to the world every day. But, as with quite literally everything else in life, all that wonder and amazement comes at the price of responsibility and an imperative to try and stay one half step ahead of those out to do you harm, be it for profit, hate, or sadly, even simple boredom. We strive to keep it positive here on Solid State, and in the end, this week is no different. So join us as we take a first of probably many looks at getting the most out of that tech, while also keeping you, your family, and your work safe in an ever-evolving digital world. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's Solid State Podcast. I'm your host, John Joyce. And I'm Eric Sargent. And we are here this week to uh, talk good old best practices. No nonsense, you know, down into the brass tacks, as it were, you know, in this case, how to stay safe uh, digitally. It's which a, is a broad topic. A very special Solid State podcast. We're going yeah. to learn something today. We're so going to learn go. something. Yeah, the more you know. I can just hear the exactly. music in the background. Yep, that was no, it. That's what I was going for. No, I knew what you were going for. But no, <laughs> this is going to be you know the first in you know, an ongoing series that will kind of drop in between different episodes where we do try to step away from the raw tech and really talk about how do we use these amazing tools that we have in our lives, either properly or safely or some combination of the two. And in this case, it really is about, you know, we talk about digital well-being and digital safety all the time, but what the heck does that really mean in a practical sense? You are a person, it's summertime, you're going on vacation. Yep. What are the do's and don'ts? You know, we, 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 especially, you know, us being what we do, we get so easily distracted by the new phone, the shiny tablet, you know, the incredible laptop, you know, those, the things, but there's real people out there in the world using the things both for good and for evil. Oh and, yeah. Absolutely. You know, ha- and how to protect yourselves and those around you or your workplace or really all the above is an ever changing topic. Certainly not one we're going to cover ex- exhaustively here, but just some really basic in a good way, starting points for being safe. That's, that's really the crux of the whole absolutely. thing. Absolutely. And it's a, it's a thing. There are things that you don't normally as a regular user, when you're out there just using your phone and trying to, you know, you don't have a great signal, but you know, the coffee shop that you're next to has free Wi-Fi. you know, those kind of things you don't necessarily as a, as a user, who's just trying to get the data that you need, you don't necessarily think about the implications about of what it means when you connect to an open Wi-Fi network or, you know, any number of other things that you don't really would think about, you wouldn't really think about on a day-to-day basis, but can have a big impact on the safety of your data and what you're doing at that moment when you're, when you're connecting your phone to that. Well, and one of the reasons I think we both agreed that this was a really just apt time to circle around to this topic is I was making fun of it, but it's true. It's summertime here in the United States, at least it's a, that's a, that's high travel season for so many yep. families. Kids are out of school, people are on the move. And also, I mean, not that COVID's gone. We've stressed that many times on this show, but it's certainly for better or for worse, depending on your outlook, more relaxed in a lot of ways, in a lot of cases. And as a result, that pent up need to go places is being released by a lot of people. So they're out, they're moving around, they're going places. They're taking the pictures, they're recording the video, they're posting it online, they're staying in the hotels, all of it. And that's great because these tools we're talking about more so than ever travel with us everywhere we go. They're connected everywhere we go. And that has the the ability to give us these amazing features and capabilities, but it also opens the door to attack and loss and you know, these other exposures that to your point, Eric, especially when you're in that vacation mindset, so easy for it to catch up with you. And 
either ruin the vacation or have long standing loss implications for you from a monetary perspective or a social perspective. I mean, I can set the stage a little bit for what I just talked about with the Wi-Fi stuff. So just so people kind of understand the stakes there. So when you get into how to, how do we protect ourselves against that? You'll know, you know what I'm talking about. So you, you go to, you know, coffee shop, your hotel, wherever you are when you're on vacation and your signal isn't great, or you just don't want to spend your data, you know, you don't have unlimited data, whatever you want to jump on that Wi-Fi network so that you can have access to that data. Anyone who is, and you don't necessarily, normal users wouldn't necessarily think about this, any other person connected to that open Wi-Fi with you, if they have the know-how, can watch every bit of traffic that's flowing over that network and capture all of it. I can sit there with a very inexpensive computer and very little knowledge because there are tools out there that will let you just point and click, collect this data. They can collect all that data. So let's say you're sitting at that coffee shop and you're Oh, I'm going to stay an extra night at my hotel. So you log onto the hotel's website, you throw your credit card information in there and you pay for the, another night at the hotel, that credit card information flows over that open internet line. And anybody who's sitting there capturing that data, if your connection is unencrypted, they've captured your credit card information and they can put that in a little database and use it to their heart's content later. And obviously a lot of, you know, a lot of the folks that, bother listening to this show are typically from our side of, you know, the, the tech sure. pond to begin with. So yes, before we start getting the emails and the text messages, we are very well aware you can safely configure these networks. You you can do client isolation. You can encrypt by default. You can obfuscate different portions of the network. All these steps can be made to protect the people using your networks. But going back to best practices, it's long, long before this was my job. It was my closely held belief that the safest assumption is one of no security. Exactly. If you didn't build the coffee shop network, if you're not the MSP or the person that's responsible for maintaining that coffee shop network, you're doing yourself and the people you're communicating with a disservice, assuming client isolation is turned on, meaning that no yeah. device in the network can see your device. It's a direct, you know, it's more or less a direct line to the outside world or things like that. Or the, that hotel network has been VLAN in such a way that there's yep. not crosshawk between rooms. I mean, yes, there are established practices out there to do it right. But unless you have the ability to inspect and verify, or you built it yourself, you owe it to yourself to assume that it is wide open to anyone else that's on that network. And if you operate with that base assumption, the steps we're going to talk about can then help you use some of these things while still being safe, while still taking those best practices into account. Right. And you can always, yeah, like you said, you can always hope and pray that They've got all these security features on there, but nine times out of 10, especially small, small coffee shop or whatever. I I've worked in several hotels. Yep. They, they cut corners for cost. You likely at your local corner coffee shop that, that doesn't have a green logo. There's still a Linksys WRT sitting under the front counter. It's, (laughs) It's a, it's a, it's a something they went to Walmart and picked up and plugged in and maybe if you're lucky configured some sort of encryption on there, but most likely they just plugged it in and set the name of the thing and set it to wide open and let it go because they want the patrons of their cafe to have Wi-Fi, And then they walked away. You have to assume that that's what happened. You sure hope that they did more than that. But like you said, John, you always have to assume that no security is in place and that it, the onus is on you to create that safe connection. Yep. And, and then we, we, and we got tips for that. 
Yeah, so I was just going to say, so let's talk about what, the, now we've set the stage for some of the dangerous places, and let's let's kind of review that real quick. So what we're talking about is those open Wi-Fi networks that are, that are originating from somewhere you don't control or own. So that's going to be a open Wi-Fi network at a you know, coffee shop or a hotel or, you know, a business, you know, you're at a conference center. center. Oh my gosh. Convention center, Wi-Fi, things like that. I mean, it's, it's open traffic all as far as I can see. So Eric, you already alluded to a a word that comes full circle in this time and time again, it's encryption. Mm -hmm. And if you are properly and safely encrypting your data, again, making the assumption that someone is watching, just operating under that assumption that someone on that network is sniffing that traffic and collecting all the data coming and going. If you're sending that data, as we say, in the clear, meaning it's just blatantly, if they have it, they can read it. You're in trouble. If you're encrypting that data, um, that means that it's, you know, they may be able to see the traffic, but they can't do anything with it because it's, it's, it's right. garbled. It's garbage. They they yeah. They don't have the key to anything. unlock the encryption. Yeah. Yep. And you accomplish that through a few different ways. One of the most common ones is using a VPN service. And chances are, if you've heard people talk about using a VPN, it's either in the context of you're a remote, you you work remotely at times, you have to VPN back into your corporate network to access certain systems. That's not the type of VPN we're talking about, though it is a valid one. Or you may have heard your teenager at home talking about a VPN and how they're using that to acquire data from questionable sources that sure. may or may not be owned or copyrighted or or um, watching watching your favorite television show from the UK that's region locked and you can't watch right. it unless you're also in the UK you can connect yeah. to a VPN with a UK IP address and and do that kind of thing so yeah but, but there are also extremely legitimate and valid reasons for using these technologies maintaining your privacy encrypting all of your traffic um just you know clawing back not perfectly, but at least partially, the knowledge of who is going to be able to tell who you are on a network, where you're going, and what you're doing. And protecting that, you know, I believe in doing that for any of your data. It could be about uploading family photos. Those family photos are still my business, and it's up to me who they get shared with, period, in a conversation. But then you want to take a step further to the amount of people that do online banking, um, accessing corporate assets through Microsoft 365 or Google apps or any of those, or G suite rather, you know, any of those things, there's so many different examples of actually sensitive data that has no business being trafficked on a potentially open network. And the risk that represents to you, your family, your employer, uh, the, the, the person on the other end of the deal you're, you're working on. I mean, I, we went through a home sale last year and it blew my mind I was in the room when I would see people like either, you know, title people or whatnot, just connect to any old Wi-Fi and transmit my personal documentation. I had, to, data. Yep. I had to stop a representative from an organization and ask them to please don't hit send, encrypt the message first, please. Because there was a PDF in there that had my social security number, bank account information, wire tra- It was a, in the, like, if someone had that, my identity is stolen and they were moments away from emailing it in the clear. Un- unencrypted, yeah, unencrypted. over an open Wi-Fi connection, yeah, that's yeah. that's all bad news. I um, mean, so again, yeah, hear, yeah. someone would have to be purposefully there yes. capturing that data, but again, always assume that there mm-hmm. is someone there capturing the data when you're on an open network. That's always a safe assumption: is to make sure. Yes, it sounds very paranoid, but when it comes to what you just laid out, John, your social security number, your financial information, they could go out and get credit cards in your name and completely destroy your credit and you wouldn't even know it until it was too late. So it's, you know, it's always 
safely assume that there's someone watching. So take your precautions. So that, and that sums up, you know, access to those Wi-Fi networks from almost any device. I mean, that can be true of your laptop, your iPad, your, you know, phone, whatever have you, like that's just all of them are able to have a VPN service. All of them are able to send encrypted emails. All of them are able to have encrypt end-to-end encrypted chats. Like just slow down, look into the tools that you're using and bother to ask the question. Most of these companies openly advertise what their security measures are and you know, hold them to that. So there, there's something to be said for, the, for taking that responsibility into your own hands and vetting the tools that you're using, be it personally, professionally, or otherwise. Um, but then we get more down to the device level. I, I, I tell people all the time, think about your smartphone. Think about what it represents when we talk about our digital selves or in the context of digital well-being, as it were. Um, the, the representation of what our phone is to who we are is massive when we think yeah, about absolutely. it in the context of what they represent. Um, going back to what information is held there, your personal photos, your text messages, your emails, Banking and credit card information. I mean, if you if your phone, if you want to tear, if if you thought about everything in your phone suddenly being printed out on paper into a literal physical book, and that book was in someone else's possession, so your literal digital life was an open book. I mean that to someone. If you think about it in that way, if that doesn't terrify you in an appropriate to an appropriate level, you need to rethink the danger that some of this data can be used if it's used against you the wrong way. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it on a previous episode too, you know, with that, like the data to remember is on your phone um, in these devices, you know, your iPhone, your Android, a lot of times acts as your password manager. So, right. you know, you your passwords are all saved on that di- digital device. You gotta, you know, it's it's one of just one of those precautions you have to take it. It is, it's literally the keys to your kingdom on, on those devices. So you've got to take the precautions to, to make that safe. And, you know, the VPN thing, it remind me on, on the iPhone now, does it come with kind of a version of VPN built in now from, from Apple? So Apple, Apple one has a, has right. the ability to have the pseudo VPN it is a VPN like, and then does encrypt a lot of the traffic coming and going. And, uh, you can encrypt certain web sessions, things like that. It's not, the only thing I don't like about it is there's something to be said for like the VPN service that I use. It's a little, I, I, I turn it on and off. It is a, it's right. a yep. metaphor. The one that I use is that switch. Yeah. And I, there's, it may just be perception being my reality, but I get a certain sense of possibly partially false sense of security from the act of turning it on. And in theory, and I do my best to vet it knowing that it's connected and now all of my traffic and not just saying, okay, well, Apple is algorithmically watching my traffic and identifying, you know, traffic that should be protected and therefore taking that extra step to protect it. I just, I like that on off aspect of I'm going to be doing some online banking. I'm in a position where I need to be on someone else's network. I'm going to take every reasonable step to encrypt and protect this session. That's just, that's very important to me. So, um, so there, there's just so much to think about when I think about our phones and there are all sorts of things we can do with them to protect ourselves, sure. But then there's the added steps of the physicality of that phone. Sure, if it's set up properly with a PIN code and face ID or by other, some for, other form of biometrics or what have you, in theory, someone shouldn't be able to just pick it up and suddenly have that open book like we were talking about. But there's still just 
going back to good best practices, let's make the assumption that if someone picked up your phone and walked away with it, that they could just get everything off of it. Yep. It should be very, very hard, but let's operate under the assumption that's not the case. So don't leave your phone just sitting on the table in a restaurant. You know, take it out of your pocket, use it, put it back, put it in your bag, what have you. Yeah, keep it Try with not you. To, <laughs> especially with the number of folks that walk around with their phones with their credit cards physically on or in the phone. Attached, you know, to, make it. It, yep. attached yeah. to it. I mean, so now we're talking about several layers of compromise or loss in the event that, that very small object in a lot of cases gets left behind. Um, also, attacks don't have to be super complicated. You know, think about what's on your screen and the environment in which you're using it. I was on an airplane a couple weeks ago, and just because I'm me, I took a moment and kind of looked about the cabin because everyone's got a screen out. Sure, most were playing a silly game or watching a movie or what have you, but several people were working on business documents that if I cared enough to try, I easily could have seen all sorts of information on their screen. I mean, think about the context of what you're doing, where you're at, and who's around you. Um, that that presence of mind, going back to best practices, pays off hugely. Um, if a if a you know bad actor was nearby and suddenly you had a you had a spreadsheet called up for work that had dozens of social security numbers up on the screen. You just violated someone's PII. That's a yep. very big deal. Yeah. Or, so. or, you know, you're logged into your bank when you're on there and, you know, you click onto the screen that has your routing number and account yep. number. And yeah, I mean, that can, somebody can easily hold up and take a snapshot of that. And speaking of the credit cards that you've got in the little folio case that you've got on there, there's a lot of people, you know, a lot of the cards now have the number printed on the back, but the older cards still have that number in bright, shiny silver letters on the letters and numbers on the front of that. If somebody has their phone out, when you pull your physical card out, they can snap a picture of the front of that thing and zoom in on it and get your numbers. It seems very paranoid, but keep your finger over the numbers when you pull your credit card out until it's sure. in that machine when you're swiping it. Not just the digital security, but the physical security is also just Love as important. It. Like you said, keep your phone with you. Make sure you're you know, covering up those numbers and just all those kind of things. Because any, any one of those pieces of information, if someone malicious is paying enough attention, they can grab that and, and run with it before you get a chance to stop them. So. Another one that was very real for me recently, I mentioned, again, mentioned you know, summer travels and whatnot. Um, chances are going to end up in a rental car. And the first yep. thing you're going to want to do is connect to CarPlay or Android Auto or even just plug it in to charge. Um, don't let it sync your contacts. Don't let it sync your home address. I mean, I so yeah. the reason this was very close to me is I, I literally had to use a rental car where I went. I got in the car. And again, as I do, I started perusing what was in the MMI of the car. And for all intents and purposes, the I'm assuming the last user of that vehicle, I had their complete contacts and home address in my possession, synced to the vehicle. That's terrifying. Yeah, that's dangerous. I, I yeah. did them the favor of purging it all out. But yeah. you know, so when you think about when you're plugging your devices in, you know, when it asks you, would you like to sync all your stuff? No is an option. Like don't yeah, don't no. sync it. Always say no. It's but when it's not your vehicle, say no. Right. Always. Yes. <laughs> or if you're charging in a public place, you know plug an actual brick into a wall outlet. Do not, you know, it's become very popular for just USB charging ports to be just places for you to plug into. I will tell you, it is not near as difficult as you think it is to compromise that in such a way to siphon data off of your device. The minute you plug an active USB port in. Yep. So something you don't use normally a wall think plug. about. You just, Oh, I just, nope. I need some power real quick and you just plug the thing in. But yeah, there can be 
you know, somebody could take a, there's a handshake that takes place there. Yeah. A miniature computer, like a raspberry Pi kind of thing, a very small computer will very easily, somebody could pull the side panel off one of those things, slide one of those in there and, and grab data from anybody who plugs in to you. It would look the same. You're just charging your phone. Your phone gets on, you get the, you know, the little light that you're charging your phone and, and everything's good for you. But on the other end of that device, there could be something there capturing data off of, off of your device. If you unlock it while you're sitting there connected to that USB device, you know, it can, it can siphon data. Yeah. You definitely have to be careful yep. of that. Yep. So kind of in, you know, brief summary, it's just really, really important to, like we say around here all the time, slow down to speed up. I mean, really take, take stock of what is at risk when you take a certain action. So if you're going to, if you might be in a position where you're traveling and actually need to do some online banking, something comes up, you got to move some money around or what have you pay a bill you forgot to before you left. That's all fine and good. Slow down to either get on a private network. If, if you have no other choice, connect to your phone's hotspot. You're still yep. better off on that hotspot than you are on the public Wi-Fi. and still if able get onto a VPN, encrypt your traffic, encrypt your data. Don't connect to those unknown networks, you know, in situations where you don't have to, for some reason, um, we mentioned them briefly, biometrics on your devices, require the fingerprint, require the facial scan, at minimum require a pin code that's not 1111. You know, protect your devices because think about it like that open book. If someone had all your data and could just wantonly flip through all of it, the damage yep. that could happen. And and if your if your apps offer the ability to do so, tie them to your biometrics as well. So it's not just a password because the password for your bank could be saved in your phone or whatever. So if they get in through the first layer and then they're in, they can click on the banking app and it's already auto logging in, you know, because the password was saved in there, they then can get into that. But if you, most of the banking ones now allow you to go in and set it to use face ID or touch ID, you enable that as a second form, then you open that app and wants you to authenticate with your biometrics again, a second time. It's like, it's adding, adding another layer of protection on there for you. So definitely enable that wherever you can. And, and beyond just travels, a best practice in general, you know, you hear a lot of chatter on multi-factor authentication. Now, if you don't know what that is, you've undoubtedly seen it. It can be in the form of a code that gets texted to you when you try to log in, or maybe use an authenticator app like a Google Authenticator or a Microsoft Authenticator. Duo is another very common one. Um, these are hugely powerful security tools that are typically inexpensive or more commonly free. Um, and a, a great best practice that we follow here in our own home is we, we use it everywhere we're able to, but a steadfast rule we have is if it's a place that we're going to have a credit card stored, it must have multi-factor authentication. If for any reason that app or service or vendor does not provide the ability for us to put it behind some form of MFA, we don't store our credit card information. Going back to slow down to speed up. I would rather manually put in my card information when placing that order every time than potentially have my credit card info stored in a place that's not behind that extra wall of protection. Here's the best practice tip right now. Pause our podcast, (laughs) go on your Amazon account Yep. and check to see if 2FA is enabled on your Amazon account. If it isn't, turn it on immediately because every address you've ever been at and every credit card you've ever used is on there. Is there. there. Yeah, we mentioned that in the past episode. (laughs) It, It really, really is. Yeah, 2FA, MFA, all of those aspects. You know, password hygiene. Don't reuse passwords places. You know, we talked about that some during the pass key bit of the WWDC episode. Yes, I mean, yep. The pro- and I, we get, we understand the Herculean task that it is trying to keep up with all these passwords, but at minimum, don't mix your work passwords with your personal passwords. But in an ideal sense, you should have a truly unique password 
everywhere because inevitably the person, the company that you gave your password to is going to be the weak spot. They're going to be the ones to get hacked. You know, Target got hacked years ago. And to this day, those passwords are being used to get into people's email accounts, banking accounts, investment accounts, because they reuse the same password that, you know, I I hear people tell to me my job all the time. There's no way someone guessed this password. Like you're right. They didn't guess it. You either gave it to them as a result of a phishing attack, or that password was involved in a different data breach and it was Somewhere because you use the password. Else. Yep. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, and and that's a, uh, you know, that's another good thing. If if you truly do that and you want it, you want to take your security to the next level, and you give yourself a different password everywhere that you have a password, but you have trouble keeping track of that. You just don't have the mind for remembering all those passwords. Not everyone does. You can use a password manager to do that, but choose a password manager that uses two-factor authentication. Not all of them do. Make sure you choose one that allows you to two-factor authenticate a password and a biometric or a code that gets sent to your phone or something that you have to log in to get to your passwords. It it stinks to have to go through that extra step, but having that extra layer will stop people from being able to get those passwords. The only thing worse than one of your accounts being compromised is all of your accounts simultaneously being compromised because they walked into your password manager. And, yep. that, and when we speak about those, we mean last pass and key pass and passport on all those different offerings out there. Just, just know that's a thing. And uh, circling back to our main topic, we'll kind of wrap it up here is um, <laughs> summer travels. We, we, I may not be a big social networking person. I know I'm in the minority there. Um, so when it comes to best practices, this is going to sound, you know, only tangentially having to do with your digital self, but it is take all the pictures you want. I'm sure you're excited to share them with everyone you've ever known on Facebook or Instagram or wherever have you post them when you get home. Yes. Live posting everything you did while you're traveling is telling the world I'm not home. And it just, so that that's a very tangible, physical, real way, you know, that you know, there are bad actors out there who are looking for people that they now know as a fact are not home. Their house is empty and you yep. just became a target for a break-in. So I, it sounds crazy. Like, man, that's a, that's a big leap. Not as big as you think. When we think about the matters of our own privacy that we wantonly share out there for anyone and everyone to see and the ways they can be used against us, just post all the pictures you want after you're back home. When and the you doors home. Are do a big, do a big picture dump when you get home. Yep. Yep. <laughs> So it's just, it's, it sounds crazy, but we, we promise there's, it just, it pays dividends in the long run. So, um, I think I'm pretty comfortable saying on that, on that actual bombshell, we can we uh, we wrap this one up for this week. You know, stay safe out there. We don't like these things like that to be doom and gloom or anything like that. It really is just about, you know, doing what we can to protect ourselves, protect those we work around, our family members. Um, these are amazing, magical tools we get to use every day, but they can also be used against us if we're not careful. So. Yeah. I was just going to say, stay safe, you know, use caution. That's it. Use caution. And uh, we will catch you next time. Later. <laughs>